What's up, NBA fans? This is the Second Stringers NBA podcast, and we're four weeks away from the NBA season. Um, what seems like a, a snail-paced race of a summer, we're slowly getting closer to fall and also closer to the NBA season. Um, well, well, more than anything, we're four weeks away from the regular season, but that probably puts us, what, three weeks away from the preseason, Sean, you think? Yeah, two or three weeks from the preseason, man. That's a good way of putting it. That That's a positive attitude I like to see from you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get some yeah, only a month, only a month away from the NBA season, if you put it that way, too. That's... That's nothing in the grand scheme of things. I'm yeah, I got I got pretty excited. Um, I kind of forgot about NBA for just a quick second there with the NBA and with at the NFL fantasy drafts going on. And then while I was doing it, I realized man, I can't wait till I get to do more NBA fantasy draft. Yes, yeah, we definitely we're gonna get that one going again. I I need to get some vengeance on you from last year. Yeah, but how how are your uh, fantasy football teams doing? Uh, Aaron Rodgers win big for me uh, but this guy by the name of Levon Bell is causing me nightmares I'm not uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you didn't pick up James Conner oh no I did not I don't uh, now I regret that so much <laughs> we'll talk about it after the NBA podcast yeah let's let's do that but uh today in the podcast let's cover what are we covering the Atlantic yeah division? we got the Atlantic this division the, uh that which includes the Celtics the Raptors the Sixers the Knicks and the Nets so we got some powerhouse teams and some some really bad teams but uh to start off the podcast today I, I got a trivia question for you Alan this time all right let's hear it uh <laughs> this is this is absolutely absurd <laughs> How many women did former NBA player Jason Maxiel cheat on his wife with during his NBA career? Jesus, this is quite the question. (laughs) So Jason Maxiel, pretty role player type of guy, just played about, uh, I don't know, he retired in 2017. Uh, He was selected with the 26th overall pick in the 2005 NBA draft and played most of his career with the Pistons as an undersized power forward. Um, didn't really put up any big numbers. Let's see here. His best points per game was eight points per game in 2007. Wow, is that higher uh, than this than the answer to this question? Uh, okay, I'll get yeah, I'll give you a hint. It is higher than eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wonder what that. So his biggest career highlight might be this. The, oh, definitely. <laughs> this is this is pro. I don't like. I don't know about the the promiscuity of these NBA players, but this has to be one of the most, like this has to be a record of some sort. Oh, I'll say that much. Okay. With that statement, I'm, I, I'm going to guess something absurd. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 30. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's absurd. I think, I think that's absurd. Okay. How does the number 341 (laughs) sound to you? No way. Oh, 341. Wait. Well, how long was this guy's NBA career? Uh, 12 years. 12 years. <laughs> I mean, I can't do the math on the top of my head, but that's that's, that's like that's like 25 to 30 women a year. So average. definitely tr- like three times higher than his point average in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> way, way, yeah. <laughs> higher than his minutes per game average, probably. Right. <laughs> like, man, can you even imagine 341? That's insane. And, like, how do you count that many women? Like, does he have a journal of all of them? <laughs> like, 
That's so many. Probably has like an assistant stat man follow him around or something. Yeah, yeah he's, he's got a bookkeeper. <laughs> so what's the source of this? Is this straight from this guy's mouth or? Uh, yeah, well, this came out in a report. I forget exactly the name of the show. It's called like Ayanla. And it's kind of like this Dr. Phil type of show <laughs> where this 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 chick, this older lady helps out these people with their problems and. <laughs> Clearly, Jason Maxiel and his wife have a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> and so they they admitted everything. And it, during the show, I actually watched like a little snippet from the show. I didn't watch the whole show, but um, the lady Ayanla like kind of prods a little at the wife. She's like, does the number really matter? And she doesn't know at this point how many it really is. She's like, what if I said it was over 50? Oh. <laughs> and then she's like, and then she like storms out of the room. She, she At that point, she hadn't even heard 341 yet. The wife had it. And so, yeah, the wife oh had it. It's like, I can't even imagine. That's absurd. Like, it's it's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Like. I- I, I'm surprised. Can't even picture why, that. What is she? Why is she still with this guy? It has to be the money, I would assume. I mean, I, I mean, so I found out that his wife is a reality star, so she must live for the drama. But at the at the time of the show of the this all coming out, she thought he had only cheated on her with eight guys <laughs> or eight women. <laughs> oh, I thought there was gonna be a twist here. Yeah, eight guys. <laughs> no, eight women. Yeah, she thought it was only eight, but it was actually. 341 that's absurd that's a that is the most <laughs> absurd thing i've heard like yeah wow that's crazy <laughs> you thought 30 was absurd i mean like out like you thought that was going way too high yeah yeah you then actual number was literally 10 times higher than my absurd <laughs> number <laughs> that's insane Unreal. And, i mean based off those stats i imagine he must have he must have numerous kids i mean i wouldn't yeah, I I would be very surprised if he didn't. Yeah, that's insane. Anyways, well, let's try to move on from that. <laughs> let's, try. <laughs> let's try, but let's go into actual NBA top of that. That's insane. But here's another uh, random p- bit of news to start the podcast as well. This is a a shout out call out to all you diehard Milwaukee fans. If there's any here on the West Coast or um, anywhere outside of the city of Milwaukee or the state yeah, of Wisconsin. Yeah, you can listen. You can listen to this podcast from anywhere, man. It doesn't have to even be California. That's true. <laughs> I just wonder if there are any diehard Milwaukee Bucks fans outside of Wisconsin or Milwaukee, for that matter. Yeah, hey, if you guys are listening to this right now, appreciate you. Yeah, but if you want to buy a locker that could have possibly been used by Le- from anybody from LeBron James to Gary Payton to uh, even Michael Jordan at some point or Giannis. Uh, you can buy a locker from the soon-to-be-demolished Bradley Center, which was the former home of the Milwaukee Bucks, starting at $120. Wow. Is that a good deal? I think that's a good deal. Um, so <laughs> while I was reading this same article that I was talking about this, was talking about how Vanderbilt, a couple years ago, sold their old locker rooms when they demolished their building, starting at $200 or $300. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is this is a steal then. Yeah. Like okay, maybe we should jump on this. Do you have do you have need for an NBA locker? <laughs> you know, if I just had money laying around and a lot of space, I, yeah, I would do it. Why not? <laughs> Sell space. <laughs> Could this be a good gag gift? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just get you just like your buddy just like get, walks in his house and there's just like a giant NBA locker just like <laughs> in his doorway. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would do it, but uh. 
I live in San Francisco, so space is very limited. I wouldn't want to. <laughs> that would be even funnier, though. <laughs> there would be so little space. It would take up so much of the room. Yeah, it would take up 20% <laughs> of my tiny little bedroom, uh, one-bedroom apartment here in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, oh, man. If this was a Laker locker, though, would you buy? Would you consider buying this? Maybe. I'd buy it and probably just put it in my mom's house and she has more space. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you co visit her uh, during the holidays, and, that, and then you can put all your stuff in there and <laughs> pretend you're Kobe Bryant for a weekend. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But yeah, moving on from there, let's get into some NBA news. So, Russell Westbrook getting a knee surgery uh, just last week. Poor, something to be concerned about? Mm, I don't know. Uh, this is a guy who ranked third in usage rate last year among players who played more than 60 games. And that's just last year. I mean, his whole career, this guy goes 100%. I think that goes without saying. So I kind of just did a little bit of research and broke down a timeline of Russell Westbrook and the right knees and the right knee injuries he's had. So it all starts off in with game two in the 2013 Western Conference playoffs. Not sure if you remember this, but Patrick Beverly went at Russell Westbrook when a timeout was called for whatever reason. That's just how he plays. Um, ended up bumping <laughs> knees with Westbrook, and he ended up tearing his meniscus and missing the rest of that playoff. Wow, oh, that's messed up. Yeah, and then later to start that, the following season, October 1st, 2013, he had a, a second ath- arthroscopic surgery on his right knee. Um, yeah. There you go. A couple months later, the swelling continued, and he had that same surgery again on that same right knee. Then fast forward to September 22nd, 2017. He had what's called a PRP shot, which is short for patellate-rich plasma. So I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but I'm going to pretend to explain what this (laughs) is. Did you WebMD this? uh, A little bit. So what it is, it's... So this is a total textbook definition, a method that includes drawing blood, spinning that blood down to create new blood with a higher concentration of plasma. And that higher concentration of plasma helps muscles, tendons, and ligaments heal faster. So this isn't unique to Russell Westbrook or well, it is to him, but not to NBA players. A bunch of players have had the same procedure done to sort of um, take down the swelling in their knee. But, um, but now here we are into 2018 and, this summer, Russell Westbrook had to have another surgery on that same right knee. Um, is this should we be concerned about this? You think, Sean? Should, is um, is OKC management uh, sweating regard considering that they gave him this huge contract just last year? Hmm. So the timing is the most interesting thing to me. He hasn't played basketball since June, since May. Right. Right. Yeah. Since probably since May. Mm-hmm. So. You're looking at this, it's like, why didn't he get the surgery right after the season, you know? Like, why is he getting it now? Like, yeah. If I got to assume that this is as a result of all of the wear and tear and all the usage that he had over the course of the actual season, maybe, maybe they're, like, holding out to see if it would just heal by itself. But I feel like if it's something where it's, like, been a problem for this many years, you would have just elected to get the surgery at this, the first moment you did when the season ended, and then he'd be ready for the start of the next season. But um, at the rate now that he's getting it right now, then I feel like he's going to be missing some time. Yeah, he runs the risk of missing that first week of the of the season potentially, um, and hopefully not more, but I guess it could be more considering how that swelling might continue in that knee. 
but hopefully it doesn't cause him any more problems because I mean Russell Westbrook isn't on his young legs anymore. Um, he is he just turned thirty, right? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, <laughs> the amount of usage he got, he's still on that big contract, so he, the Thunder really want him to stick around for a lot of more years to come. Um, I, I think he should have gotten the surgery well before the season started, because now you're looking at him coming back during the season. He's not going to have time to really heal that in that surge from that surgery. He's just going to have to jump right into NBA action if you want to get him in early. Yeah. Um, I just see, The timing of it just seems really weird to me. It should have just had this taken care of before the summer started. Yeah, just bad news here, at least to, to get the team off to a good start because uh, this is a big season for these guys. And the Western Conference, as we know, it's going to be competitive. And if they want to stick out and be in the top three, get themselves a nice ride through the playoffs, every game's going to count. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. And it just, yeah, it really worries me about his longevity because this is a guy that he's one of the most entertaining exciting NBA players to watch uh, one of the most talented ones one of the hardest workers and it just gives me this bad feeling that in like one or two years time he's just gonna take this huge spike down yeah. just just because of the health to this knee I mean we saw what happened with Brandon Roy with his degenerative knees and uh, I mean the knee is just such a such a tricky joint it's such a tricky part of the body to work with I mean if it breaks down, there's nothing you can really do about it. And he's gotten so much work on it. I mean, he's going to be in a wheelchair by the time <laughs> he's 50 at this rate. Yeah. Like, it just worries me for what we're going to see of Russell Westbrook in the years to come. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't lead to anything like that. But, I mean, you always get that bad feeling, of course. Uh, but on the other side there, you also have Devin Booker, the young the young blood out of Phoenix, um, who just got his extension. He Getting hand surgery to start off... Uh, which will potentially make a miss the start of the season here for the Phoenix Suns, a team that's already down in the bunks already um, and needing every player they can get to at least scrap up a season that isn't considered a tanking season, really, for these guys. <laughs> right, yeah, as we went over a little bit last week, I'm uh, just not really sure what the heck the Suns are really doing with all these moves they're making. But, yeah, Devin Booker out six weeks potentially – which would mean that he would miss at least a few weeks of the regular season. Do you even know how this hand got hurt so badly that he needed surgery? I I didn't really see what the cause of it was. There's no uh, official statement on how this was caused, but there is speculation going around that it was caused through through pickup through the pickup games that Devin Booker has participated in over the summer. Um, I mean, if you look at the workout videos and some of these videos that have been going around. Guys look like they're going hard at one another. Um, and <laughs> okay. And hey, I mean, every time you step on the basketball court and you play hard like that, I guess you run the risk of injury. But so far, that's the storyline right now that Devin Booker, uh, the hand swelling just sort of progressed and got worse um, as one, through these pickup games that he was playing too, so much to the point where he needed surgery. But not much is coming out from the officially from the Phoenix Suns. So I guess you just take this rumor as is. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is, I guess. I mean, the hands, the hands hurt. He gotta get surgery for it. And man, if if the Suns really aren't trying to tank this year, like they have to be, despite the moves that they've made this offseason, which make it seem like they aren't. They're gonna get off to such a bad start yeah. this season without Devin Booker. It was already looking pretty bleak. 
now you lost your best player that just signed his super max contract for however long gonna be like two or three weeks at minimum right you're looking at such a terrible start to the season there's no way they can recover from that yeah they can't afford they can't afford to miss out on any opportunity they can't afford to miss any guard at this point <laughs> yeah right this, i mean who's gonna be <laughs> yeah, trading away brandon knight yeah the, all they have is d'anthony melton now yeah, that those guard wings, those guard positions are going to be looking very, very weak. Possibly the weakest starting wing positions in the league. I guess it means to have Trevor Ariza there, but that point guard and two guard position to start the season it might be the weakest one Ugh. in the entire league. Oh my gosh, it's going to look ugly, man. I'm definitely staying away from that channel of league pass. <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah, you got to think this team is tr- desperately trying to make some sort of trade for another guard before the season starts. They have one more month to do it, so Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll see another big move before the start of the season. They might just invite every single point guard in the G League for a tryout to start a training camp <laughs> and see if maybe one of them they can they can find a decent one to to start their season off with. Yeah, that's the best bet, I guess. Yeah. Well, how about this? Kawhi Leonard finally coming out of the shadows, out of the cave, to finally give an official press conference on September 21st. This is going to be... Uh, one week from now. It's going to be interesting. If you were in this press conference, what question would you ask, Sean, you think? Oh, man. <laughs> I'll, if I had to ask one question... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude, I don't even know. Yeah, I can't. I can't pick one. There's just so many things I want to ask. Like, how's Toronto been treating you? Like, what what did you not like about San Antonio? What do we not know about your relationship with Popovich? I don't even know which one I'd want to ask the most. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, you could even ask a question regarding his injury. Like, were you ever really injured? Like, how big of a deal? Well. I guess those are fair questions. Perhaps maybe he'd feel a little bit offended or attacked by those questions, but I think they're fair questions at this point because of the lack of information. Or I could ask him why his thank you note was written by a computer, <laughs> <laughs> like a Hallmark card. <laughs> yeah, they kind of just walked out at uh, Walgreens at like 10 p.m. and just grabbed one of the generic thank you cards. Yeah, thank you card. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, man. That thank you that thank you to the San Antonio Spurs fans was pathetic. Yeah. But yeah, I man, do you think this is even gonna be a long press conference? Do you think we're gonna get any answers from it? That's what I was thinking. I was like, what should be the expectation for this press conference? Uh my thoughts are I think everybody should probably set their expectations very low for it. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think it's gonna be so controlled. I think you're gonna have questions skipped, you're gonna have Kawhi Leonard speaking uh less than everybody else um it's gonna be like a bill belichick press conference yeah there's no words yeah a greg popovich yeah yeah we'll stick with nba example like a greg popovich press conference it'd be exactly the same there's not gonna be much right yeah i think the toronto raptors pr people are gonna be very controlling of everything uh (laughs) yeah i wouldn't expect anything crazy to come i think I think we might not even find out what really happened this season for another maybe 10 years when Kawhi Leonard uh, decides he's bored and has somebody help him write a book or write the whole book for him. Yeah, this is going to be a great E60 30 years from now. Yeah, yeah. especially <laughs> if Kawhi Leonard ends up doing something crazy post-San Antonio or they meet up in the finals or something like that. 
Yeah, I mean, I I would love to see him play well in the Raptors, though. That's at the really at the core of this. I could ask all these questions about what the situation was, but at the end of the day, we really just want to see Kawhi Leonard just play some basketball, man. Yeah, get out there and be the player that he was two years ago. Yeah, let's let's make the Eastern Conference competitive. Come on, Kawhi. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, how about this? How about Luol Deng? Luol Deng, man, this guy yes. has finally agreed to a one-year, two-point-four million dollar deal with uh timberwolves or also known as the timber bulls <laughs> this is like the ultimate troll <laughs> it's like tom thibodeau saying i just wonder if i could do this in real life <laughs> like this, at the at nba level i can just make this team the biggest meme of the entire season <laughs> Like, it's just so ridiculous. I mean, I, so you want to run us through the timeline of how this went down? Yeah, and I'll give this guy props. I mean, I don't know really if there is a malicious intent. I doubt it, but this guy believes in his in his guys, man. He loves those bulls, and he's, he probably still believes they could have won a championship, and that's why he's going for a, a second try at it. Yeah, so why not try years later? <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's run through the timeline of how exactly the Timber Bulls or the Timberwolves came to evolve into the Timberwolves. <laughs> Whether it's an upgrade or simply just an evolution of the same level, we'll see. Or a joke. Or just a joke, <laughs> yeah. But let's start from where it all started. And it all started on April 20th, 2016, when the Timberwolves officially hired Tom Thibodeau. From there, Tim Tim Tib. Tom Thibodeau basically hired all of his old assistants and brought him over to Minnesota. Then a couple <laughs> months later, August 24th, not a not a crazy signing, but the first domino piece fell. No, this is the first domino. <laughs> but he signed John Lucas III, who was a basically a role player for two years with Tom Thibodeau back in his Chicago days. Uh not a big player at that time, but still a piece of those of that Bulls team. And at the beginning of something. So June 22nd, 2017 is when the big domino piece fell. Um, and this is when the suspicions <laughs> and the storylines and the jokes started happening. Is when the Timberwolves made that big move to get Jimmy Butler over to Minnesota. Good move. Yeah. And then July 10th, yeah, great move. 2017, Tosh Gibson joins the starting five. This team was in need mm -hmm. of a power forward. And who else to go after than old man Tosh Gibson, who luckily for the the Timberwolves had a, a bit of a rejuvenating season last year. Yeah. So if we pause right there, this is not suspicious yet. <laughs> like these are good moves. Yeah. Getting Jimmy Butler. Amazing move. Taj Gibson. Awesome. Filled a great role. Yeah. There's all these are just like actual basketball moves. <laughs> and now, yeah, <laughs> now we get into the weirdness. So this is the next part. Yes, yeah, the second wave. So September 21st, 2017, Aaron Brooks gets signed onto the the Timber Bulls, slowly turning into the, the Timber Bulls. So Aaron Brooks <laughs> is not another big name, but also a nope. key role player in those Bulls for those Bulls teams. And he's a couple years removed there. So um, he's not that big of a name in the NBA anymore, but still Tom Thibodeau brings him aboard. Um, and this is where the full transformation starts really <laughs> happening. Oh, March 8, man. 2018, Derek Rose uh, becomes signs with the, uh, the Timberwolves as a free agent after that Cleveland disaster. Um, and he's there. I mean, there really was no need to bring him, no big need. But, I mean, you had Jeff Teague there. Uh, 
You had Tyrese Jones already as your backup point guard, but you decide to also add Derrick Rose. A little suspicious, but he filled a he played good for he played solid for this team. Um but now we're we're now in September 10th, 2018. <laughs> another addition that's a little questionable, though I will defend Tom Thibodeau here though that this team does need somewhat of a role a role player in that at that small forward position. So who else to sign than Luol Dang? Who else? Just happened to get the wave and stretch from the Lakers <laughs> with perfect timing to set this one up. Yep. To get Luol Dang. So now to, to just summarize, you got Luol Dang, Derek Rose, Aaron Brooks, Tosh Gibson, and and uh, Jimmy Butler. John Lucas III is not on this team anymore, or we'd count Oh, him. no. But They got rid of John Lucas? I think they did. I don't think he's on this team anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> but you still have five of your possible 12 NBA roster spots dedicated to former Bulls. And guess who's next? <laughs> the last piece, the missing piece of the puzzle for these Timber Bulls to be complete. <laughs> the complete meme. Joakim Noah is expected to part ways with the Knicks before training camp, according to Shams. So if that happens, man, that's it. Then how, yeah, how likely is it that Tom Thibodeau goes and picks this man up? <laughs> I think it's really likely. Um, yeah, I think it's likely. I'm trying to think. I guess you they have don't Carl need Anthony a Towns. Man. They have Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> yeah, you have Gorgie Dang. Uh, if they're trying to get rid of Gorgie Dang somehow through a trade, then I guess it would make sense to pick up somebody like Hakeem Noah, uh, put him on your death chart. It's, it, I, it would just be like, of, I mean, I'm almost expecting it at this point. <laughs> like, it just doesn't feel satisfying yet. Like, he has to be signed. Like, Joakim Noah has to join these this team, and then they can run a full lineup of the team from the, the, from the actual Chicago Bulls days. <laughs> that would be insane. You'd, yeah, that I would love to see blowout games where it's Derrick Rose, Luol Deng, Jakeem Noah, and Tosh Gibson all running the ball. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. Now I just gotta get Kirk Heinrich out of out of wherever he's at. <laughs> just find where he's at, and then then the gang is complete. Yeah, well, yeah, where would he? Where is? I don't even know where Kirk Heinrich is right playing now. Playing in China or probably retired. Yeah, is he playing right now? Who knows? But uh, maybe Tom Thibodeau will f- hunt him down, or. Better yet, what if he hunts down Carlos Boozer and gets him on this team? Oh my <laughs> gosh, <laughs> Carlos Boozer, man! But uh, he, how, how many years has he been out of the league for? It's got to be at least a few. Maybe I have I have no idea. I but again, going back to Luol Deng, I don't really think this is a bad move here. I think Luol Deng makes sense. You think he actually adds to this team? It's slightly. I don't think he does much of anything. I mean, there's I'm, I I wouldn't go as far as to say he adds a win or anything like that, but. There was a need for on on in that third position, um, for for this for this team. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what's disappointing to me is that like I think Luol Deng does deserve to get NBA minutes. Still, uh, I mean he's had a lot of rest, <laughs> but I mean <laughs> that's true. But like I don't think he's actually gonna get that many minutes with this team. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, disappointing. Hopefully at least more than the Lakers, though. Yeah, I think so. Speaking of the Lakers, what do you think? Alan, I just need <laughs> to hear what you think about this. 
So former Laker slash Sixer sort of Andrew Bynum was seen working out in the Lakers facility earlier this week. Maybe a return to the NBA? Maybe back to the Lakers? No what way. do you think, man? No way. <laughs> Andrew Bynum. You know, this is a player as a Laker fan, you kinda you love and hated this guy, but you more or less towards the end there hated this guy. What what a NBA nightmare. champion. Oh. NBA champion, Andrew Bynum. He is an NBA champion. And you know what? In 2008, 2009, 2010, he was a solid piece in the regular season because really in the playoffs, in the NBA finals, Andrew Bynum kind of came up short a couple times there. Uh, granted, he was a little <laughs> bit younger. Pau Gasol was always better. Um, and Lamar Odom, of course, just fit. So much better in that starting five than Andrew Bynum did. But <laughs> yeah. after... He's just the prototypical big man. Yeah, but after that, it seemed like Andrew Bynum was the man who was going to take that transition and help the Lakers continue winning games. Uh, oh, but what what happened, man? Just a dis- collection of disasters happened. Of course... He went bowling. Yep, he went bowling. Injuries weren't on his <laughs> side. He made a bunch of knucklehead decisions. <laughs> and he's out of the NBA and... Granted, more of the reason was because of his injuries, but the Lakers have no need for him. Does an NBA team out there have a need for him? <laughs> I'm not really sure. You know, his game just doesn't fit with to, doesn't fit in anymore. Um, and I'm not really sure what kind of health he's in. I guess you would have to. That would really be the big determining factor. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, there's just no way he's in NBA shape right now. Yeah. Like, he's just been so irrelevant for so long, so distanced from the NBA environment. I just, I cannot envision him making a return. But the Lakers are very uh, shallow at the center position. That's, they are. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know who could use maybe his service? The Warriors. Who? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would be hilarious. I would love to see that. I would love to see Andrew Bynum try to keep up with <laughs> the likes of Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Oh man! I I just at the end at the end I think right here this is a blown up story. Uh, it's talked about more than it needs to be. I don't really think Andrew Bynum is prepared <laughs> to be join an NBA team. I think so. I mean, I haven't seen him play. I think it's more likely that if he does make some sort of basketball return, it's looks more like in the G League or the Chinese League. And, and, hey, if he's kicking ass there in a couple months, maybe he could join an NBA roster. I'm glad to see <laughs> yeah, the, I, the Afro's gone, though. He's back to the short hair. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you're not a fan of the Afro? I was not afro? a fan of the Afro with the, with the pick in there. He just looked like such a no. knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I just needed to know your reaction. I Andrew Bynum was just, you know, he was, he was a part of the team, man. I, I just knew you'd have some opinion of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean – Hey, I liked the guy back in 28, 29. I loved him back in, uh, what was it, 20, 2007 when he bumped heads with uh, Shaq when Shaq was on the Miami yeah. Heat. He made a yeah, he go. made that spin move <laughs> in the post. Oh, those were good days. That was prob- That's probably his career highlight. Yeah, well, I mean, you remember that. So that's like, that's impressive in and of itself. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good times, good times. But 2012, 20, or not 2012, 2011 was not a good year. Uh, for Andrew Bynum. Yeah, that, yeah, it all went downhill after that. But let's jump back into the present-day yeah. NBA and get started with this division preview. Let's do it. Doing the Atlantic division, starting off strong. Man, I, should we really do it in this order? We are just we just ended on a dud. <laughs> It'll be funny. It'll be funny. Okay, so the, we're starting off with the Boston Celtics. Yeah. 
Um, arguably the best team in the East going into the season, I would say. Yeah. Even with not adding anybody, really. Mm-hmm. Um, all they did, they retained Aaron Baines, uh, Jabari Bird, and Marcus Smart. And they drafted a guy, Robert Williams, at the end of the first round, who has only been known for missing practice so far. Um, and yeah, I remember, yeah, he, uh, I forget what happened on draft day. Something happened where he either like missed the call that the Celtics gave him to tell him he was going to be drafted or something like that. And then for the first day of practice, I know he was late. He slept in Robert Williams, man. You're already off to a bad start. What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a big man. He's very talented. Apparently. I don't know much about his background, but I do know that he did buy an apartment two minutes away from the Celtics new practice facility so that there was no way he could be late <laughs> to any future practices. Well, that's a good plan. Um, so, yeah, so he's got he's got something going on there. But um, as far as people that they lost, not anyone very significant. Shane Larkin, Abdel Nader, um, both very, very minimal role players for them last year. So their, their lineup's looking pretty strong again. Nice. Um, apart from this Jabari Bird... Uh, news that came out recently that he assaulted his girlfriend and the Celtics are having to do a thorough investigation into the matter to see if he's he's gonna have a spot on the team going into the season or not this is the NBA has kind of been uh saved has sort of been seen the last couple years as like the opposite of what the NFL is going on in terms of like off the court off the field incidents um and this is bad. This is bad news for the NBA. Hopefully they get this resolved or whatever happens here. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, that that's just such a bad look. I I mean, it does. this won't hurt their team if they end up having to waive him. Yeah. Um, if they do find that he, he is guilty of all the things that he's being charged for right now. Uh, but we'll have to follow that story. But, I mean, their lineup's looking so stacked. I mean, you got Gordon mm-hmm. Hayward coming back. In a recent interview... He said that he's basically 100% healthy at this point. Not 100% NBA game ready, but that just comes with more practice, more five-on-five scrimmages and stuff. But as far as health goes, he's ready to go. Yeah. And so he'll be inserted right into the starting lineup here. With, I mean, you got the same lineup that you were looking at last year between uh, Kyrie, Hayward. And then I think I think what their usual lineup's going to have is Jason Tatum at the three, Marcus Morris at four and Al Horford at five with Jalen Brown coming off the bench as the sixth man. Um, but that can change. I know Brad Stevens will have a different game plan for every team on every given night. So um, it's a very dynamic starting lineup, and there's a lot of good moving pieces that they have here between those six guys, Marcus Smart, Aaron Baines. Um, all These are all it's, really good basketball players. Yeah, it sounds players. to me like a good problem to have when you have Jalen Brown coming off the bench. Right, yeah, exactly. So, and that may you, you can't forget about scary Terry Rozier. Right, he's still on this still being team. on the team, backing up Kyrie. Like this, this team is so deep, man. Like, there's no weaknesses at any position, really. Yeah, you got quality pieces everywhere. Yeah, so I mean, if if I had to pick an X factor out of this bunch, I think it'd have to be Marcus Smart mm-hmm. because he was in a contract year last year and he played his heart out. Um, he was huge for them in the playoffs, coming up with huge defensive plays. 
um, really being a leader for this team of a lot of young guys. And now that he's got paid, um, we'll see if his motivation remains the same. Yeah. I think it will. He's just he's a fierce competitor. So I, I don't think there will be any problems there. Hopefully there's no complacency. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to have to step up his game if he wants to keep his minutes on this team. It's so deep. Yeah. Uh, he does have a well-defined role on this team as like that bench energy um, change of pace type of player. Um, and he'll have to continue to do that if they want any chance to really win the championship this year. Right. You know who, for me, the X factor is? It's going to be not anybody specifically, but really more it's the role. Who's going to be the third scorer on this team, the third guy to to really take control of this game? You know, you got Kyrie, you got Gordon. Is that third guy going to be Jason Tatum? Is he going to be, or is he going to be Jalen Brown? And how far behind are they going to be from Kyrie and Gordon Hayward? Because that'll be huge for this team if they get three guys who can really score the ball uh, or consistent night in and night out. That'll come huge come playoff time and really more than anything the in the NBA Finals because uh, the, the, the odds are in the favor of this team to get there. Yeah. So here's my thing, though. I, I want to pose this to you. All right. Is Jason Tatum better than Gordon Hayward? It, they're, it's hard to say that. They're, they're different players. Um, Jason, they are. Jason Tatum is so much more athletic and so much more defensively better I think uh but he's also and he's a lot more athletic but he's also a lot more raw than Gordon Hayward and what I mean by that is Gordon Hayward is just so much more skilled um and patient and better shooter they're just different and and um I feel like they're yeah they're different players uh which guy would I take at this point I think I'd still take Gordon Hayward over Jason Tatum yeah I guess where I'm coming at the angle I'm coming at is that Hayward hasn't played an NBA game for over right. a year. And Jason Tatum has played a full season, including playoff basketball, all the way up to the Eastern Conference Finals, where he was legitimately the number one option on the team. Right. So he, he has just as much experience playoff-wise as Gordon Hayward does at this point. So And you're looking like he's, he's not rusty at all like Hayward is. Right. So I think to start the season, I think you're looking at Jason Tatum being that second option oh. while Gordon Hayward finds his legs. That's true. You could, you that could be the thing right there. You could be seeing Gordon Hayward as the third, the third fiddle on this squad. Um, but that's the that's gonna be the interesting thing to follow here is Kyrie Irving. You know for sure is that that scoring punch for this for this team. But um, mm-hmm. outside of that, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, or Jalen Brown, or I guess Terry Rozier maybe every now and then could probably be some could add that scoring punch there. And Al Hartford, of course, will always mm-hmm. be that solid foundation on the defensive side, um, and just energy wise for this team. Right, and so man, so if they go with this projected starting lineup that I think they will with Jalen Brown coming off the bench, I have to think that he's the clear favorite to be the sixth man of the year. Terry Rozier, no, Jalen. Oh, Jalen Brown. Yeah, because I think that it's going to be Kyrie, Hayward, Tatum, Marcus Morris, and Al Horford as the starting lineup, which means that J- Jason or uh, Jalen Brown will be coming off the bench most games. If that's the case, he has to be sixth man of the year favorite for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some, some other situation. I mean, Dennis Schroeder, I don't – I think I'd take Jalen Brown over Dennis Schroeder there. Uh, definitely. Um, Lou Williams. Lou Williams. Always potential there. 
Um, Eric Gordon is always in the running. You got Freddie Van Fleet in Toronto. Yeah, Fred. I don't. I don't think he's really that. He's not in the same no. talent level as these other guys. I'm trying to just. A lot of people are high on him though for some he's reason. He's a good player. They're like break out. He's so small he though. Small. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like he's good, but he's just too small to make the same impact that six foot seven Jalen Brown can. This is true, but um, I guess I don't know, man. I I like I like myself some Van Fleet. That's a good player. You like yourself <laughs> some Van Fleet. He's a good player. <laughs> But yeah, he's I don't. Good. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying Jalen Brown. I'd take Jalen Brown. Oh any yeah, day. yeah. I'm, I kind of just threw his name out there and trying to think of all the other contenders. But I mean, it might really come down to yeah, guys like Lou Williams, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Jalen Brown, Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon. Yeah, like I like just Jalen Brown going into his third year. Like, dude, this guy's a good player. Like, if they didn't draft Tatum, like he's in the starting lineup easily. And, like, you don't even notice, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You don't even notice any difference in, like, skill level. Yeah, that's true. I still just can't think of anybody. Yeah, you're right. Jalen Brown would probably be the a clear favorite here for the sixth man of the year. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I mean, we have, we have a few more division previews to go through, so maybe we'll find somebody um, in the rest of the teams that we have to go through. But if right now it's looking really good for him and – I have this team getting the number one seed pretty handily, honestly. Yeah, uh, it's hard to disagree here. Toronto Raptors, I think, stand a chance. Um, yeah, they they stand a chance. But, I this team's winning sixty games though, for sure. Yeah, like their injury situation could not be any worse than it was last year. I mean, it could, but the the odds are very low. They had Irving out for a long time. They had Hayward out for the whole season. And other guys here and there. Mm-hmm. Like, if that doesn't happen, I saw this team winning 60 games last year. So I have to pick 60 games this year. Yeah, I doubted them heavily. I did not think they were going to get to 55 wins last year when Hayward went down. And guess what? This team ended up going getting 55 <laughs> wins. Exactly 55. That is yeah. what a way to just, like, go you know, to slap in the face to me and my bold predictions. <laughs> but And Aww. I didn't think it was that bold at that time. I was like, there's no way this team gets to 55. But I just didn't foresee this breakout from Jason Tatum. I knew Jalen Brown mm-hmm. was going to have a, a great, a good season. I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. But um, right. even with that, now that I've seen all this, I mean, I don't think there's any more surprises headed our way from this team. And that's good. That's not a bad thing. So, yeah, they're going to win 60 games, I think. I think they might even go 62, 61 uh, go a little bit over that yeah. 60 game really because the rest of the Eastern conference is just not that good. The gap between <laughs> yeah. talent level is, is not, is pretty wide. So I think night in and night out, the teams that the Boston Celtics are going to see versus the teams over in the West are going to see uh, is so much lower quality, which also this brings a point, an interesting point of why, it would be a bad idea if the NBA went to a 116 seed because I think this situation here, I think the Celtics can get to 62 wins versus other teams in the in the West that will probably end up with 55 wins, 52 wins, and not really wins that are that came by a lot harder than the wins the Boston Celtics are going to rack up this season, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But hey. Uh, we'll be looking for that first meeting against the Warriors on January 26th, which could be a potential finals preview. Uh, we'll be really excited to see that. 
Yeah. Um, but th- this team, the Raptors, though, they could really make a case if Kawhi is really going to become the player that he was two years ago. Yeah, so let's jump into the Toronto Raptors. So what are their additions? You got Coach Nick Nurse um, promoted to head coaching position here. Uh, and the Toronto Raptors are interesting because the conversations once when they were eliminated was like, do you blow this team up? Do you blow it up? Uh, I guess uh, – Toronto fans should be happy that this team wasn't blown up because, well, it was in a way, but not really. In a way. Uh, You actually got better here this year. But with the additions is you got Nick Nurse, who was the NBA D-League Coach of the Year back in 2011 um, and twice led the the Raptors D-League team, Rio Grande Valley Vipers, to two D-League championships in 2011 (laughs) and 2013. Not bad to have on the resume, I guess. Uh, But obviously the big story is Kawhi Leonard. Coming over from San Antonio to Toronto. And then you add Greg Greg Monroe and you also bring in Danny Green. Two quality role pieces. Danny Green, I mean, this dude can hit shots. Uh, He's been in several high-level, high-intensity playoff series. Uh, So he could teach some of your young guys some stuff um, and help lead that bench mob. And Greg Monroe, not too bad. He solid piece to rebound the ball there. Yeah, he's a little older now, but... I mean, they needed somebody to replace uh, Jakob Poe, yeah. who they lost in the trade. Yeah, and that's who you lose. You lose Jakob, and you lose DeMar DeRozan. Uh, personal feelings were hurt there, but hey, life's got to go on, and I think he'll have a solid season in San Antonio. And in terms of the draft, this team mm-hmm. had no draft picks this year. One of the two teams in the NBA to not have a draft pick, the other being the Miami Heat. So, hmm. but I mean, I guess you don't need that when you got, you're adding Kawhi Leonard, who could a former top five player in the league. And well, and I'll talk about that later. But first, let's go to the projected starting five. Um, and it'll be interesting. So you got you got Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, OJ Anobi, and Jonas Jonas Valesuenas. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> so I added these names. Um <laughs> I didn't even really spell them right. I kind of spelled them in a way that would help me pronounce their names. And yet I still failed a little bit. <laughs> but interesting enough, this team. So you got your starting fives. The shoe wins for sure is Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard. But really outside of that, I'm um, in Valanciunas. Yeah, Val- yeah, Valanciunas. Yeah, he's for sure the starter there. But outside of that, you could really uh, you could really cycle through a couple guys. CJ Miles. Uh, maybe Freddie Van Fleet or Ibaka start a couple of times. And I think Coach Nurse here is probably going to experiment with this lineup a little bit. Um, because OJ Anobi, though he it probably is your third or fourth best player on this team, he's not really a power forward per se. He played 24% of his NBA minutes at power forward last year. Um, he shot 37% from three last year as well. So he kind of... he. His position of preference, I think, here is the small forward position. But, of course, it's hard to take that spot when you got Kawhi <laughs> Leonard, who is arguably the best Someone at there. that spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you got throwing uh, Siakam, too, right? Siakam's still on Right. You team? still have Siakam. So, yeah, you still – you got a couple good pieces on that bench that could uh, – that you could – put into this this the starting roles at any night of the any night of the NBA season but uh, if we go to the X factor it's got to be Kawhi Leonard it starts and ends with mm-hmm. him i mean if he becomes an MVP candidate top 5 in this league i think this team could challenge the Boston Celtics for that number 1 seed i totally agree i mean 
you got a you got a good coach. I mean, you had a good coach last mm-hmm. year too. I I loved Dwayne Casey, but Nick Nurse has a very proven track record as well. You kept the whole team except really all you did was gave up DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard. DeMar DeRozan, as great as he is, has only ever really been a top 15 player mm-hmm. at best. Kawhi Leonard's been a top 3 player at his best. Right. And he was on his way to looking like if he had stayed healthy, he could have been the best player in the league last year. Um, hadn't that, all that stuff not happened with the injury. Right. So, yeah, if he if he's as healthy as he can be at 100%, like a Gordon Hayward type of recovery at this point, then this team got a huge value. Yeah, and because of that, I mean, I'm going to assume the best in Kawhi Leonard off what we saw just two years ago. I think this last year was just a hiccup bad time, personal problems, uh, et cetera, whatever was going on there. And I'm going to put this team trending up. I got them at 60 wins right at the mark. Um, okay. I still think the Boston Celtics end up with 61, 62 with that number one seed, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Toronto Raptors take that. I'm going to say that. And a lot of, yeah, and a lot of that's factoring in the East being weak too, so that you can see the 60 wins coming from just them playing poor competition. Right, and that goes back to that other point is that, I mean, the Toronto Raptors might end up with more wins and most, obviously more wins than like the Houston Rockets or OKC potentially, but I think they're, they're lesser quality wins just because of the sheer competition they're going to yeah. show. Um, yeah. And the storyline to follow here, again, Kawhi Leonard. It's got to start and end with this guy. <laughs> How many times you got to say it's gotta it, man? Start, How many it's got to start and end here. And the storyline here is basically his basketball play, his personal feelings, his contract situation. Everything about this man will be a storyline in Toronto. And the national sports media will be following it, I think. And that'll be the soap opera following this team. Let's picture the worst case scenario for a second. Okay. Kawhi Leonard plays 10 games to start the season, you know. He's he's, he's finding his ground. He has a few 20 plus point games and they're doing all right. And he decides that his quad isn't feeling very good anymore and he sits out the rest of the season. And you don't hear about him again. How does this team do? Do they make the playoffs no. without Kawhi Leonard? No. Are they they're a lottery team? They're, yeah, basically. They're not deep in the lottery, but they don't yeah, make the this playoffs. This is a deep team. It's a deep I team. I mean, they're right there. For they're sure. right there with the Pistons and the Hornets. But, yeah, you take away DeMar DeRozan from this team last year. I, yeah, like, they, they're they good, but I don't think they're good enough. No, I think they're, yeah, like I said, they're right there with the Pistons and the Hornets. They're not quite New York Knicks, Brooklyn Nets, but... They're not. I, I. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle Lowry's getting older too. Right. Maybe he could have taken over and like really stepped his game up a few years ago, but now he's past thirty. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't see that happening. So that man, this is one of the biggest gambles I've seen a team take in a long time on a guy when they already had a solid structure mm-hmm. for their team. Like this is a huge gamble and. Yeah, I give him credit for having the cojones to pull this off. Yeah, well, I mean, at this point, they were kind of needed a big, a big move, right? Because I mean, the talk was like, "Do you tank? Do you tank?" And they fired their coach, so it seems like maybe at some point over the summer that was a real conversation. Uh, so 
if yeah. that was your alternative choice, I guess this is a lot better than that to take this risk on Ka- with Kawhi Leonard. Right. Yeah, and I mean, cool. so and one other thing I wanted to mention was OJ Anobi. The more I research about this guy and and see, I think this guy has potential to actually be a really good player for this team as well. So, I mean, he's kind of going to be that hidden story following this team. I mean, if he has a great season, a breakout year, this is his second year in the NBA now, uh, Toronto's going to be looking really interesting. Yeah, I mean, if Kawhi Leonard isn't the X Factor, it's this guy. I mean, he had a great rookie season. Yeah. Uh, really showed awesome potential. Yeah, it's hard to put him put him over Kawhi Leonard as the X Factor, but, I mean, if Kawhi Leonard's top five and OJ Anobi's having a breakout year, uh, this might not be a, such a cakewalk for the Boston Celtics to the NBA Finals. Oh, yeah, no, it would be an amazing Eastern Conference Finals if it was between these two teams and they're firing on all cylinders like we want them yeah, to. Yeah, it'll, it'll be um, fun. Yeah, the, the season will have to play out, and we'll, we'll see where it goes. It all starts September 21st with that Kawhi Leonard press conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's move on to the 76ers. Also a great team, man. Like, this this is a good team, too. Yeah. These, these three teams, they could easily be the top three in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Um, I think they're honestly projected to uh, let's take a look at who the Sixers gained Wilson Chandler basically in a in a hand <laughs> handoff to from Denver yeah. and getting Mike Muscala <laughs> that's the name what a who, name <laughs> yeah that's the name that I, I always bring up when you gotta think about a NBA center that doesn't matter <laughs> and then uh, they drafted a guy Zaire Smith traded down for him uh, with the Suns from the 10th pick and, yeah, lo and behold, he goes in typical 76ers fashion and injures himself <laughs> before the season starts. Perfect. Um, we're going to hope that this guy can buck the trend a little bit and at least get there for a majority of the season, <laughs> play majority of the games for this team. Because yeah. he, he should be back within the first month of the NBA season uh, with that foot fracture that he sustained. Uh, we don't really have a timetable for that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, but we're hoping it's not too long. And then they also drafted a guy, Landry Shamet, the 26th pick. Uh, as far as departures, uh, their GM, Brian Coangelo. Got the boot. Yep, classic, <laughs> classic. Uh, well, all, he resigned, really, just after all that pressure he was I getting guess. from the media. You could say resigned. <laughs> you could say resigned. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the official thing is, but you can take that as yeah. you will. Uh, I'll see what his burner Twitter account say about yeah. that. Also losing uh, Justin Anderson, Marco Bellinelli, Rashawn Holmes, Ursan Ilsova, who is a good piece for them, and uh, TLC uh, going over to the OKC. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of departures here that I think were pretty key pieces for them last year. I mean, Marco Bellinelli was a great shooter. Ilsova was able to create his own shot. Um, gave them some some size and some spacing on the floor. Rashawn Holmes is a good backup for Embiid, yeah. who inevitably would get hurt for however many games during the season. Um, you bring in Mascala to back up Embiid. Now, I don't really like that, but we're just going to have to hope Embiid doesn't get hurt for this team. Right. And you bring in Wilson Chandler, who can who can create a little bit. Um, you bring some good defense as well. And, and this is all these moves, and also they re-signed J.J. Redick. I should say that was for twelve million. That was pretty key for them, but Marco Bellinelli was like, "Why not try to keep him?" Um, I guess they didn't want to pay him, but he yeah, he, put, I, I he mean, made some quality shots for them. 
Yeah, I I don't know how. Yeah, it's I'll, it'll be interesting. I will never really know how hard they tried to pursue him in free agency or if they had plans elsewhere. Um, but their their real goal of this off season was to get LeBron James. <laughs> I th- at the beginning, like they had this cap space to sign a max player. And it just didn't happen. I mean, so it's really hard to do that. Up getting... I was going to say, it's really hard to do that when you don't have a GM in place. <laughs> that is really hard. I mean, Joel Embiid's a really talented guy. I don't think he can do much outside of tweet at LeBron. Yeah. That's not going to really cut it. <laughs> but, yeah, so in his place, what do you do with your cap space? You, you just buy $12 million Wilson Chandler <laughs> from the Nuggets. You bring back J.J. Redick and – that that's really it. You just say let's <laughs> let's try again next year. <laughs> yeah, but I mean they have a lot going for them here. Uh, let's not forget Markel Fultz is going to finally be set to to start his NBA career this year. Right. Yeah, we could say he started last year. I think he's not actually eligible for Rookie of the Year because he did play in a few games, Damn. which is contrary to Ben Simmons, contrary to Joel Embiid, who both did not play at all their rookie season. So he should have sat out a little bit. He could have been in the rookie of the year running for this team. <laughs> they could have won it for another year in a row. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, he, uh, supposedly he's healthy now. He's tr- changed his shot up a little bit, I think, are the rumors. Uh, the jury's out on that one. We'll have to yet to see that. But hey, as, as far as like a guy that's a number one pick, like you don't need to have any huge additions if you can – have your former number one pick overall mm-hmm. play to the potential that he was expected to being drafted out of college. Right. So what do we got here for the projected yeah. starting lineup? What do we got? Ben Simmons, JJ Redick, Robert Cummington, Dario Saric, and Joel Embiid. Not much change here. Exactly the yeah. same. Yeah. I and mean, they brought back the same team. And I mean, you're not going to change up the lineup to try to fit Markel Fultz into mm-hmm. it. I don't think uh, that would just be... Uh, it'd be too messy. Ben Simmons is your point guard, and Markel Fultz is just gonna have to settle for being the backup point guard for a while. Yeah. Um, it's it's gonna be hard to get him into really like the chemistry of this team. I feel because it feels like you're wasting a number one pick by having him just be the backup point guard. But it's you really there's nowhere else from the fit. I mean, I guess you could play him alongside Ben Simmons, but then you have two ball handlers on the floor. That doesn't really work out. So yeah. he's just going to have to settle for that for now unless he can show some huge strides. Yeah, I think you're going to have to just see what you get from this guy at first and, and see where you, he evolves into your lineup. Yeah. So the Sixers have some interesting pieces, I guess you could say. They have this um, D-League, I guess you could call him a Cinderella story of sorts. I guess you could call him a, like a cult a cult following for this man Firkin Kormaz <laughs> Firkin Kormaz uh, he's a second year player uh, foreign player uh, apparently a lot of people are really big on this six foot eight man I uh, scored 40 points in a summer league game a lot of guys are really high on his potential he's not really NBA ready yet but his name is intriguing. He's one to watch. I mean, 40 points is quite, quite a big deal for the summer league. 40 is a lot of points. For the summer league. This is the summer league. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Josh Hart was lighting it up in the summer league, so that speaks to his potential <laughs> at this point. But, 
Yeah, he's just, I remember his seeing his name come up a bunch when the Summer League was going on. A lot of people were hyping him up a lot. He's not going to see a lot of minutes on this team yet, um, in my opinion. But, I don't know. I Let's just watch him, you know? Because if, if he actually ends up being good, we can say we're one of the first people to actually talk about him seriously. True. Not a lot of big boys <laughs> in the in the actual, in the Summer League. Not like in the way, not like the NBA. You don't really... C- no, no. So... I'm not sure. I wouldn't get too hyped up on it. But, yeah, let's keep an eye on that. Yeah, but we'll, we'll say the X factor is Markel Fultz. We've already mentioned him a, a bunch already. But, yeah, the team needs more playmakers than Simmons. And this guy has a lot to prove. I mean, a lot of people are saying it should have been Jason Tatum that was taken first. A lot of 76ers fans were probably mad that this, they traded up to get him when they could have had Tatum at the three spot. Um, so he's, he's got a lot to prove to this fan base to show that he's actually worth that number one. Yeah. Well, in terms of trending, are we seeing this team improve or are we seeing them sit at 52, 52 wins yet again? I'm seeing them as even, yeah, they didn't really add to their team. They, they will be the third seed again. Um, their win total. I, I don't know. It's hard to say that they'll improve upon it. Um, they, they did lose a lot of their key role players, and it's hard to say how much Embiid's going to improve um, if they're going to keep him on a limited minute count, which I feel like he's just doomed to do for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll never really get to see that next step unless they start playing him more, which I'm hoping that they do. But as it stands right now, like they're they're youth, they're very youthful team still. I mean, Dario Sarge still on his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, obviously, like. These guys, they're young. I mean, Zaire Smith, once you can get him into the lineup too, I'm sure he can contribute something. I know they they must have been pretty high on him if they were willing to trade back down into the draft um, because they knew they could get this guy. Right. Um, so, I mean, they're they're pretty firmly third in the East for yeah, me. I, I don't see them falling much below that. Yeah, I think I'm going to get it. I'm going to – they got 52 wins last year. I think they go maybe two more. I think they go 54, under 55 wins. But I think I'll give them 54 wins. So trending slightly up. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I'm... And so we'll go from these top three teams to just god the most god awful teams you could possibly conjure up. Not as bad as the uh the south <laughs> the southeast yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're not as bad as the Hawks, but these are basically like a, the tiniest step up from a G League team. <laughs> uh, we'll start here with the New York Knicks. Uh, their big addition, honestly, this, this is the one lone bright spot for these guys is coach Fizz is in town. Coach David Fizdale signing on a former Memphis Grizzlies coach. Take that for data. (laughs) Marcus Saul's arch nemesis, whatever you want to call him. He's here in New York and you know, he's going to have a few years to make this team into a relevant basketball team. No one expects anything from this team this year. Uh, they don't have Porzingis for maybe the whole season potentially maybe he makes a comeback late in the year but we're looking at a guy rehabbing from a torn acl for for a team that really doesn't have much to fight for and just waiting to land a big free agent mm-hmm. um you also add in mario hazonia and noah vonley both role players whatever you draft kevin knox uh out of kentucky six foot eight 205 pound uh wingman uh, number nine overall in the draft, and a lot of a lot of NBA scouts, a lot of you know uh, beat writers and NBA opinionists, they they're all really high on this Kevin guy. Kevin Knox. 
Um, even though, yeah, even though he was taking number nine, a lot of guys think that he, he could be the real deal. He has the size, um, and he played really well for Kentucky and yeah, leading their team. And, you know, it, it's, it's just going to be a wait and see, you know, we don't know very much about him as far as his NBA readiness. A lot of th- people think he is NBA ready. Um, he had a pretty decent summer league, so we'll, we'll have to see how that mm-hmm. goes. And uh, Mitchell Robinson, another guy that had a very good summer league for them at the center position, he showed really good flashes. Um, but he's really just going to be taking a backup role to Ennis Cantor for the whole season here, unless we see an injury there. Um, but two guys that have some upside, so it's it's all right. Yeah, Kevin Knox would be um, interesting. See see how he plays this NBA year. Yeah, yeah, I think you're going to see him in, inserted into the starting lineup immediately because this team really has nothing. There's always else. one rookie that just surprises everybody that comes out. Um, Kevin Knox is definitely one of those dudes that's in the running for that. I think. Yeah, the Donovan Mitchell yeah, Award. Yeah, the Donovan Mitchell Award, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the jury's out. But, yeah, I mean, so as far as people that left, Michael Beasley, of course, we know he went to the Lakers. <laughs> uh, Kyle O'Quinn was a decent piece for them, and Troy Williams. And then they re-signed Ennis Cantor, which I think was great for them. He played awesome last yeah. year. He put up some big numbers, which you know, yeah. of course, from Ennis, fantasy. Ennis Cantor had a good year last year. He was your fantasy MVP. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you got him in a later round, and he ended up being so clutch for you. Yeah, I I, I expect the same coming this year. He really isn't going to have much competition <laughs> there unless Mitchell Mitchell Robinson all of a sudden breaks out and really takes out takes down Menace Cantor's minutes. But I doubt it at this point until at least Porzingis yeah. comes back. Yeah, I doubt it as well. Uh, so for the starting lineup, we'll go through this pretty quickly here. We're looking at either Trey Burke or Frank Nielakina. Take your pick of a mediocre <laughs> point guard. I don't care. Tim Hardaway Jr., Kevin Knox, Noah Vonley, and Ennis Cantor. This is a young team. That is a young, terrible team. <laughs> <laughs> this team is worse than the Suns. You think so? Yeah. I don't know why I'm using that as an example. It's probably because we brought him up earlier, but like... Well, yeah, yeah. This team without is worse Przingis, than the Suns. Yeah, like, you're right. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Yeah, with with Przingis, it's a whole different story. You take out Noah Vonley <laughs> out of Przingis. I mean, come on. But yeah, this team is just so bad. I just can't. I can't see them winning more than twenty three games this year, especially if Przingis is out the whole season. Yeah, I mean, maybe Frank Nick Nicklatina. Why do you pronounce his name again? Nicklatina. Nicklatina. <laughs> I think you pronounced it as Nicotina one time. Nick 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 I think he should be due for um for somewhat of a breakout year this year. Uh I don't think yet. He didn't do enough last year. He didn't get enough playing time. I I don't see a huge breakout coming quite yet. Not enough to carry this team for sure out of the twelfth, but I mean, now that you're seeing this, I'm seeing this breakdown. I've realized that the New York Knicks are a lot worse than I thought they were gonna be. <laughs> they're awful, they're, man. I mean, they're yeah. This, this is team their... <laughs> looks worse than the Brooklyn Nets, in my opinion, right now. It, it's very possible, and the Nets just look like trash. Yeah, I. What did they get last year? Twenty three wins. No, last year they got twenty nine <laughs> wins. Yeah, Knicks got twenty nine wins last year. I'm predicting them to get twenty three this year. Twenty three. Yeah, because I I can see them trying to tank early yeah. on. I might not go that far down. I'm gonna give them a modest 27 wins. 
Why? They're not going to be quite as bad <laughs> well, as the Orlando Magic and the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, think think about it, though. They had Porzingis for a lot of those wins last year. That's true. Actually, now that I'm thinking, the Orlando Magic actually have a couple decent pieces in Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon. Like, Aaron Gordon is better than any player on this, on this You're team. You're right. And I don't even like Aaron Gordon that much, so... That's saying a lot. I think you've convinced me. Twenty. I'll agree with you. Twenty-three <laughs> wins, and I think they're the second worst team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I I don't doubt. It. I mean, we all factor in the Hawks too. The Hawks are and the Nets. Well, they're all in contention. Well, the Hawks are for the, for to me. The three. Hawks are easily the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, or in the at yeah. least the the Eastern Conference. Uh, but let's go to the Nets, and the Nets added Shabazz Napier. Ed Davis, Kenneth Fareed, Darrell Arthur, Joe Harris. Um, I'm not sure about this one, but I guess you could say Dwight <laughs> Howard. <laughs> you could say Dwight Howard. <laughs> yeah, but the Brooklyn Nets have pretty much become the catching net of bad contracts the last couple of years. Um, and that, ca- willingly. yeah, willingly, and that's continued again this year by trade making trades for Kenneth Fareed and Darrell Arthur, um, and getting draft picks on the in the on on the return. Um, so the departures. Again, is Dwight Howard? Does he count as, as a departure here? He was on this team. Yeah, never wore the jersey. It's like exactly like a. It's like what happened to Timothy Mozgov, <laughs> you know? Like <laughs> he was there, but then he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony on That's the Hawks. True. He was there. He wasn't. I guess. Do you, are they on the team if they've never worn the jersey or were ever in a press conference? I think if you could buy their jersey on NBA.com, I think they count as having been on Though, the team. Was Dwight Howard ever on this team long enough to for like NBA to even <laughs> manufacture this jersey? I bet you could find one. <laughs> I bet you could find a Brooklyn Nets Dwight Howard jersey somewhere. They they had to have made them right when he signed. That's true. Possibly. Yeah. Might be rare someday, maybe not. That that could be a yeah, that's like a that's a crown jewel right there. That's that's a national treasure. Yeah. But a departure that probably hurt fans a little bit is Jeremy Lin, who at one point looked to be like the, I don't want to say franchise player, but a key long-term piece for this team at some point. I mean, they gave him quite a bit of money. um, And now he's gone. He's out to Atlanta. He's going to go be a mentor for Trey Burke. But um, Uh, Trey Trey Young, Young, yeah. Oh man, I just feel so bad. Jeremy Lin just goes from one trash team to another. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. So who this team drafted? They got a, two European players. They didn't have any high draft. Well, n- nothing crazy. Well, yeah, they didn't have any high draft picks since they went to Cleveland this year. Yeah, they got. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna need some help pronouncing these guys' names. So you got Dezan, Musa. I can't. No, <laughs> Zan Zan. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Zan. No, no, there's not. Then you teams. got um. Radions Karukas. Sure. Karus. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. Were these second-round yeah. picks? I assume they were. I don't know who these guys are. They're not going to play in the NBA. Either way, the good news is that next year, the Brooklyn Nets will finally own their first-rounder. So, Oh, unless they trade that one, yeah, too. Yeah, unless they trade that <laughs> one, too. So this team has been a mess. Has been a mess ever since the twenty the moves they made back in twenty thirteen to get Garnett, Paul Pierce, and add all these random pieces. <laughs> and they still have a messy roster because of all that. You got guys like Damari Carroll still on this team. Um Kenneth Fareed, Darrell Arthur. Just guys who 
play the same positions and are all will at that same level overpaid and towards the twilight of their career. But uh, Al, don't forget about Alan Crabb. Oh yeah, too. they still have Alan Crabb though. Alan Crabb, <laughs> not too bad. Alan Crabb is not good. He's not that bad. Alan Crabb is not good. <laughs> he's not, he's not. He's getting paid so much for money. For the amount he's getting paid, yeah, he's not as good. Yeah, definitely not. But he's <laughs> he's all right. But anyways. Uh, the big story here, they got a messy roster, but despite that, they got a couple of good pieces here that they've been able to develop and trade for here with Spencer Dwindle, who had a breakout year last year, finished third for most improved. Uh, you still have D'Angelo Russell here, who's entering his fourth year, who have, who had 20-plus point games in six of the Nets' first 12 games to start that year before he came down uh, with that knee injury that forced him to miss a good chunk of the season. And you have Jarrett Allen, who was sort of the surprise centerpiece that looked to be like a long-term project, but was actually went out there and had a, a couple of big highlight dunks um, at an athletic center uh, who shot 58% from the field. I shouldn't say shot because most of his shots were just basically put-back dunks. Or, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, the DeAndre Jordan special Right, there. exactly. And you had Carice LeVert, who also had a pretty solid season. So these four guys are kind of little bright spots here for this team. Um so D'Angelo Russell missed 33 games last year, so you're hopeful that he's going to have a good year this year. And that starting five, I have D'Angelo Russell, Spencer Dwindle starting, Damari Carroll, Ronald, Ronaldo Hollis Jefferson, and Jarrett Allen, though Spencer Dwindle could be uh, traded there, swapped there with uh, Alan Crabtree, possibly, or, yeah. Alan Crabtree. <laughs> Alan Crabtree. <laughs> Going back to, to football, <laughs> Michael Crabtree. No. Alan um, Yeah. You almost got me excited for them, Alan, when you're talking about their bright spots. But then the starting five came up. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this team is definitely still up in the making here. Um, and Spencer Dwindle, it's very possible that that he ends up getting traded at some point. Uh, unless they want to try to make it work with D'Angelo Russell. So maybe they get a good piece in return there. But really, this team is a work in progress. And the X factor of this team does anything to uh, give them some form of legitimacy as a franchise and get some more, get their jersey sales up. It'll be D'Angelo Russell, uh, the <laughs> second pick out of the 2015 draft. He's due for an extension this year. He averaged 20 points before his injury. Uh, if he's back healthy, he should be on his way to having a breakout year this year. I think. Uh, so it's a it's a big year for him. Yeah, I thought, I thought so last year. I mean. I remember talking about this trade that happened last year that sent him to Brooklyn. I'm like, man, I wish the Lakers kept him because this guy, I really think he can be a really good NBA player. A lot of guys don't like him. They think he is a bust. Mm -hmm. I do not think this man is a bust. I think he's definitely worth that number two pick that the Lakers picked him at. And if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to finally prove it this year. I thought it was going to be last year, but I'm doubling down this year. Yeah, I had him as sort of that surprise player that sort of makes jumps. Um, most people had him, I think last year, cause I re- I looked a lot into it. I think he was like the f- ranked in the top 40 as NBA players. I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if D'Angelo Russell breaks top 25. Uh, Ooh, that would be yeah, crazy. Which I, that, top 20, tw- wow. Which I thought was, cr- <laughs> was a bold, but I felt good about it. Um, uh, this year I'm not, I'm not going to make that bold prediction. Um, yeah. I think there's going to still be remnants of that injury and I think it's going to ca- take him a while to catch rhythm but I still think D'Angelo Russell and I'm with you on that Sean is I still think he's going to have a great NBA career he just needs a little bit more time I think 
I can see him having a very similar career to Devin Booker, but just a few years behind him. Yeah. Devin Booker, great player on a horrible, horrible team. Fantastic score. D'Angelo Russell's a fantastic scorer. Uh, really likes playing more of the two than the point guard, even though they'd probably fit more in the point guard role if they were more of a passer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they just seem like very. they have very similar skill sets they to do me. and the funny thing is they both came out of that 2015 draft yeah exactly uh, but yeah d'angelo russell's just he's lagging a little bit behind devin booker as far as um getting getting his uh getting his career going right. uh, but I, I still think it, it, he can do it yeah and i mean coming out of that draft he pans down and it was agreed that he was the second best or at least the best guard coming out of that draft right behind carl and carl anthony towns being that number one pick so and now, obviously, there's no debating that Devin Booker is the better guard out of that draft. But I think D'Angelo Russell can still um, maybe not reclaim that spot, but challenge Devin Booker for that title in a couple of years. I just like I said, I think he just needs his his career just kind of um, took a big bump here with that injury. And I think if he stays healthy in some in some time, I think he could he could still be a great NBA player. But the storyline to follow here, mm. there's none. Don't follow this team unless <laughs> unless you're from Brooklyn or are you are you really like the the team colors? Because I I'm a fan of the Brooklyn Nets branding. I think their logo's cool and their colors are cool. Oh, it's just like navy. Oh, it's the black the it's black and like white. Black and white. Okay, I thought it was navy and white. I'm pretty sure. I think it's black and white. Oh. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> no, 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 now you have a second guess. <laughs> but no, I guess really it's the progression of D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dwindle, and whether or not he gets traded. Uh, that's really it. I mean, nothing huge here. No drama. No nothing like that. Oh, oh, dude, you know where Dwindle would make a great fit for the Suns. That's true. The Suns need a point guard. <laughs> this guy, this guy needs to be on the Suns. That would be a huge. I would upgrade that team instantly. Yeah, he can go from the Suns of the East to the Suns of the West. It's perfect. I'm not sure what the Suns would take back to make that trade work, though. You get they had Dwindle. What would the Nets want? Trevor Reza? Uh, probably a pick. Yeah, most likely. They probably uh, maybe a pick. No, they wouldn't get a pick for no. Dwindle. I don't know. They they gotta make that work though. That's their man. Just found it for him. <laughs> yeah, possibly. But at the end of the day. Uh, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna give this team a trending up. They lost D'Angelo Russell for a while. No, and I th- and I think they. Oh. I think <laughs> I think some of these guys, Jared Allen, is gonna get a little bit better. D'Angelo Russell will play better. Spencer Dwindle will play just as good. And I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them a trending up. You know, they got 28 games last year. I'm gonna say. Th- you think? I think they'll get to 30. Um. I'm gonna give them 30. Uh, 30 wins. No, no, twenty six. Twenty six wins. You think? That's what I say. That's twenty six. So less for me. than last year. Yeah, down, down. All right, we'll keep tabs on this. I I think they break thirty <laughs> wins this year. No, dude, that's starting five, man. No. Yeah, crazy. that might be crazy to say they they. Yeah, they'll take a miracle for them to get in playoff position, but thirty wins I think is realistic. <laughs> but uh, I I won't say it's out of the question, but I just. I don't like that they're trending up. I don't. They're not. I don't see it. They didn't do enough for me to say you're. Improving. They're improving. They're improving. I don't. How did they? I improve? think everybody's gonna get slightly better. 
And they lost D'Angelo Russell for so many games last year. And I think if you if that doesn't uh, happen, I think they win more games than they did last year. Uh, all right. All well, right. We'll, 28. I'll give him 28. I can't give him 30. All right. I'll give, I'm giving them the 30. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Right. But anyways, to close, <laughs> to close this podcast up as we near the end of the summer, uh, I guess it was time to sort of look back on what we've seen this summer, the latest trend, which is the workout videos being posted on Instagram, the pickup games. And the three things that I learned watching these videos is one, everybody that's hurt is now instantly healthy. Not only are they healthy, but they're completely NBA ready as of today, regardless of what anybody says. And two, uh, nobody misses a shot. Everybody is a great three-point shooter now. <laughs> Everyone's Including so Ennis Cantor and JaVel McGee. Um, you, Andre, Andre Drummond. Drummond. Yes. These guys are all monster three-point shooters, and we're going to have the greatest three-point overall three-point percentage shooting (laughs) NBA season this year. Yeah, 75%. Yeah, and third, everybody's working harder than ever before, and there are some that are not working at all, at least because there's no evidence or video evidence of it. (laughs) And also, NBA players are allergic to wearing T-shirts while they're working out in front of their NBA videos. (laughs) Yeah, Carmelo has to wear hoodies when he works out. Right, and LeBron has to has have his shirt off and wear a do-rag. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, I mean, you got to take advantage of when you don't have to wear just a standard jersey and shorts. Yeah, you know? so what do you think about this these workout videos, Sean? Good trend or hopefully it goes away next next summer? I, honestly, I, I'm able to avoid those completely. I don't even watch <laughs> them. It's not worth it. I, I, I don't need to see that you're working out you know i they're all working out they're all nba players that's what they do for their living like i'm not like a professor i can't tell if one person's working out harder than the <laughs> other just based off of what they post on instagram it's like i don't give a crap <laughs> right but uh another funny thing just to close it off is uh shout out to lebron who unblocked and started following javel mcgee somebody on reddit pointed out that mcgee can now view <laughs> LeBron's Instagram account. How do they know? Because LeBron started following JaVel McGee after a couple years ago. JaVel McGee posted on Instagram a screenshot of LeBron's profile and a big wording saying that this user had blocked him. <laughs> yeah. Why? Nobody knows. Oh, that's but, great. Yeah. LeBron finally remembered that he blocked him on Instagram. Yeah. Because JaVel- now they're teammates. Exactly. So JaVel <laughs> McGee, welcome to. Being able to see LeBron's Instagram world. Yeah. It's a good step for those teammates. We're really building that chemistry now. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Next week, who do we got, Sean? Uh, we're, let's go back west. We'll go to the southwest division. Uh, another good division here. Rockets, Spurs, Pelicans, the upcoming Mavericks, and this. I think the surprising Grizzlies. This will be a fun division to watch, too. So look forward to that yeah. one. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in.